0: Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman.
1: What's going on? on Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It's Thursday, December 14th, and this is Blinkers Off. It's on the
0: What's up, everybody? Good to see you. It's, uh, it's going to be um, a fun weekend ahead. It's Remington Park Springboard Mile Day almost. It's Thursday while we record this tomorrow remington park springboard mile get get tied on get excited
1: <laughs> you get the derby prospects galore of the race i don't know if i've ever seen i feel like seen more like 20 to one shots in a in a, in a race than, than that one
0: yeah i would agree it's uh it definitely is it i don't really know what it is i think it's a pretty good race the top two or three then after that i'm i'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it's it always feels like this race is one that, like, it, at least for a set, hot second, the winner you're like, oh yeah, I'm interested in that one. What happens from there? I mean, you're the you're the Remington uh, King here. You you know you you annihilated uh, our <laughs> friend John Lee's uh, on the uh, Trivia Tuesday. If you guys haven't seen that, you guys can go check that out it's on our YouTube channel. Really good. Mm-hmm stuff that's a new segment that magic's put together that we're going to continue i think uh throughout the derby trail but you know you're the remington guy so how many what what kind of uh you know is that was that a question like remington success in the kentucky derby
0: uh, i think there might have been who was the first springboard mile winner to run in the derby or something like that i can't i can't remember exactly but it hasn't been great as far as producing like you know springboard mile to kentucky derby winners that's for sure but there's there's been some good ones we'll take charge uh it was definitely one of them Kale's posse breeders cup winner obviously so um you know a senior boost turned out to be pretty decent so there has been some good ones in there but yeah i mean overall it, it definitely uh it hasn't been the greatest producer for triple crown success that's for sure
1: well i guess it's weird too you almost again i don't have a like well, yeah, I'd have to research it but it feels like it's more of a, it's been more successful for horses that did not win the race mm-hmm. you know versus the winners
0: for sure yeah kale's posse will take charge those are two of those that didn't win uh, kale's posse wasn't even close and then uh, of course will take charge you know lose gets second loses just uh, by a little bit there to texas bling at 99 to 1 but yeah those horses did go on to run much much better uh, you know that's it, that's it's odd how that's happened uh, you think about winners of the race, like a long range Todd, he did win the rebel later on. Um, thinking yeah. about recent years, Gray Vitos, I think would have been a pretty good horse, but he got injured. So yeah. that obviously kind of derailed his chances, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is like a lot of two year old races this time of year. And, and even a little bit before sometimes the horse that's the best now, isn't quite the best when those big races, you know, finally come around.
1: So we got that one this weekend, uh, for Derby Derby points. You also have the uh futurity, Los you Charity, which is might as well at this point, the the Starlet in the Futurity might as well be called the Bob Baffert uh Derby prep race or the the or the the two year old Bob Baffert horse that you need to know from each division, basically. I mean, it just feels like this time of the year you he's gonna have a couple in each race and you're going to figure out which one's the best out of that group and it i mean past that i don't know what more you learn out of it although you did say i mean yakteen won this race last year A practical move, so yeah. yakteen has one in here this year are you you thinking we have something with uh some of these horses
0: boy losal is always tough it's always tough to tell what the motivation is coming into this race and the track plays kind of weird as well. It did produce, or it has, uh, not just a practical move, but just in the past. Uh, good horses have run here, and then some years it's pretty weak. I, It's really tough for me when it comes to Kentucky Derby and the Bafford horses because you just have no idea what's going to come of them because of the, you know, the situation going on with him in the Derby. So it's hard for me to say. I really liked uh, a couple of the horses uh, when they broke their maidens. So maybe, I guess, would be the best answer. But it's these Los Al races, it's tough to get a gauge on them.
1: I'm Trying to go through. Uh, man. I mean, Baffert won it for like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in a row. And then Doug O'Neill, then Yakteen won it last year. Uh, Spielberg, I was looking at the Bafferts. Slow down Andy, won for O'Neill. But Spielberg, thousand words, improbable. McKenzie, uh, mastery, more spirit, Dortmund. I mean, Dortmund obviously very, very good. Uh you know, a bunch of those are are, were good horses, but not necessarily the Derby success out of the that group.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's just it. It's a it it it's just a kind of a weird race for the Derby. And and listen, maybe practical move would have kind of broken that, right? You know, if he would have been healthy for the Derby. So I mean, there's, there's other ways you could look at it too. I mean, it's overall, it's been a pretty good race over the years, considering we usually have, you know, six horses in it or, or less sometimes, you know, so you can't really judge it too harshly. It's, it's been all right.
1: I definitely would say you look at that group and you say like out of that, like at the very least at the, at the jump, at the, at the end of that race or the end of the year or whatever, you're like, okay, well, probable is the real deal. McKenzie is the real deal. Dortmund's the real deal. Mastery, yeah. is the re- you know what I mean? Like, yep. so if nothing else, it, it definitely feels like a race, the low South for charity that we see something out of, out of Bob Baffert's kind of two-year-olds right now. Maybe it's not the, his top two-year-old or whatever, but it definitely feels like it's a, it's a, like a funnel or like a, a filter of kind of what, out of those Bob Baffert's in that race, kind of the, which mm-hmm. ones that are are the most impressive right now.
0: Yep for sure. And I think everybody's like, well, Nisos nice. right now looks like the best. And then, then we kind of filter on out uh, after that. And, you know, I guess if, if, if a horse like wind me, uh, wind me up, wins the race, you go, well, Mooth is definitely really good, you know, or, yeah. or you go the other way and go, well, wind me up one. So the other horses behind you may not be good. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of look at it, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is right now is just trying to get a feel. And, we got one trainer and he's got so many, and none of them can actually run in the race under him. It it just makes a weird kind of situation.
1: Yeah, sharp he likes Coach Prime out of that one, at least kind of to see, you know, what like that's one of the Bafferts. You got Wind Me Up, you mentioned, and you also have uh Wine Stock in there uh, as well for Bob Baffert. So it definitely feels like Coach Prime or Wind Me Up, Wind Me Up, if people remember, was in the Breeders' Cup uh 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 juvenile and uh, almost at the futurity and <laughs> uh but yeah so i mean obviously uh, did not run well that day coach prime kind of feels like maybe the newer the new shooter of the of that bunch but we'll see we'll get to that race here in a second um what's uh, i'm trying to think what's uh how you feel how are you feeling about the uh the the uh, chiefs off do you think uh don't care. <laughs> you, you think it was the right call? <laughs> what?
0: I mean, he was offside, so yeah, I, I think that's so.
1: All, that's all we're talking about right now in my world. So um. I,
0: uh, I read the article, and the referee said he couldn't see the ball because he was so offside. So I, if you, if you, if your line of sight of the ball is blocked, you can't tell. When it snapped, I I guess you have to call it. I I don't know.
1: Actually, I saw a video today that literally you could see the ref kind of go like like it's like an angle kind of behind him sort of, and the ref kind of right before the snap he like goes like this to look to see the ball
0: to see the ball. So, so I, I
1: it's one of those things. I think that it honestly I I wasn't even mad. I mean, I was mad from like yeah what what are you doing, Tony. But I wasn't mad from a why do you call that? Like a lot of people are. I feel like I can't believe you call that right there. It's like well, right? You, what do they? I mean, it was the right call. Like it's it's not like it was like a a phantom hold or a, a phantom PI. I mean, and I always say this to people. It's like well, there's how about the fact that you know we th- Mahomes threw a pick on the earlier in the game or that Rasheed Rice had a critical fumble earlier in the game. Like there's always things that you can look at all you gotta do is line up on sides that's all you gotta do and and dan uh dan orloski had a uh, i don't know if you saw this but like he went through and reviewed the whole game where tony lined up or when he was on the on the field and he lined up i think it was like four different times he lined up offsides i I mean I i
0: I know. I also read in the article, they're like, when it's close, we'll tell them scoot back or, or come up or whatever. Like they are the kind of there to help them, but they're like, when this situation, there was no like telling him he was way too far offside. So I, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, what's happened with Kansas city is they're not used to being in a lot of close games and, when you're in close games, these kind of things happen for and against you, right? And you just haven't had a lot of close games in Kansas City where this has been against you, you know. And I think you look back even to last year's Super Bowl when you were in a close game and you got a call that did go your yep. way. A lot of times that's what decides close games, you know, close calls and do you get them basically?
1: Well, and even further, that is not only are we in close games because the line the foot it's so thin this year. But you're depend, you know, because you're paying Mahomes, because you're paying uh, Jones and Kelsey and those guys. Well, what do you have left? You have young wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. Young wide receivers who aren't very good. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, and the, they're making mistakes. You know, it's it's not really that hard to figure out what's happening mm-hmm. in Kansas City. And, and so, to your point, not only are you in close games, but now you're depending on guys, you know, because you're, you're triple boxing Kelsey. Um, and shit, even whenever you get a catch and and he, and Kelsey becomes a quarterback in a play, they still mess it up. It's just, yeah,
0: I think that's the worst of it. I mean, that was just a, uh, a a, like a play where it's like, what are you doing? Oh my God, at work type of thing. And, and it gets, it'll never, I mean, it'll get remembered by you guys, but like most of us have moved on and we'll never really kind of remember that, you know? Um, because that was crazy. Like, I, I don't know of any other player in the NFL that would have done that. That was, it was one thing to, like, if the guy's standing right behind you and you, like, pitch it back to him, he threw it like across the field.
1: Yeah, like halfway across the field. And, dude, like, it was contested. Like, the dude, yeah. the Bills dude jumped up. Like, you know, it was it was wild. I mean, you yeah. just, and the fact that it would have won the game, I mean, who knows, maybe it wouldn't have. But um, the, it, it just made it that much worse. Uh, of a kind of a, a scenario but i i'm at a point now where you know I like everybody all my all my fans uh, all the turtle fans on the, uh, on the podcast here where you're, i got to a point in the season where you're just like listen like it is what it is like i i yeah. like i i can only do so much with what i have right that's just mm-hmm. what it is and that kind of feels like not only with the coaching staff but like for me personally as a fan you're just like yeah, yeah. i mean this is it like this. We just have to ride this one out, you know, and it, it, you're going to have to take the, you know, the the lumps along the way. The, the good news is, is the AFC sucks. It's so right. bad. And so yeah. they're not. Yeah, they're probably not going to get the one seed at this point. But shit, they I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it back to the Super Bowl. I also wouldn't be surprised if hell, I wouldn't be surprised, Halterman, if they didn't win the division. How about that?
0: uh if you look at their schedule they they really should but you never know it is the nfl um yeah i mean that, their schedule looks looks like it's going to set up pretty well for them but yeah, i mean
1: yeah for sure they should not lose a game out from here on out but
0: yeah i mean i guess that the, you're 100 percent right but i think i think they're just in a situation where they're kind of a normal good nfl team versus a, a kind of a special good nfl type of team and you know, normal good NFL teams do tend to lose games here and there. They shouldn't, and that's kind of where they're falling now. And they don't have enough playmakers. And I mean, I, you can debate about a hundred different kinds of things, but at the at the root of the problem, it's it's that they just don't have the playmakers.
1: You know, well, uh, last thing I'll say about it, and I think it's that's kind of magnifies the whole situation, yeah. Because like Curtis kind of says, they're rolling out five borderline incompetence at wide receiver, and to to even further that, it's like. I was I was watching the Bengals game the other night. Uh, I think it was the Monday night game or whenever it was, but it's a night game. And it's like, okay, you've got Chase, you got Higgins, and you got Boyd. That's like their three guys, right? Their three mm-hmm. wide receivers. I said, like Boyd would be our wide receiver one. Not yeah. even. There's no debate on that. He would be no. our like if you if he went to the Chiefs right now, he would be your wide receiver one. On top of that, is Sky Moore going to play anywhere in the NFL? No. I mean. It, MVS is he like a wide receiver three on some shitty team maybe maybe like uh i mean rasheed rice i think is a promising guy i'm not i think he's got a ton of talent Um, yeah
0: he's okay
1: tony i mean the giants didn't want tony it's it's like you look at who you have and you when you realize like chase is elite higgins is not chase but he's very very good Boyd would be your wide receiver one. And that's like an afterthought on the Bengals. And so it just kind of magnifies to me, like what we're dealing with on the wide receivers.
0: Remember Thanksgiving, we're watching green Bay and I can't remember who we said, I think number nine for green Bay. What's his name? Um, Watson. We are like, that guy is who the chiefs need, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I watch Tampa a lot and it's like Tampa, like Godwin that he'd be great. He'd be number one for the chiefs, you yeah. know? And yeah. He does, he's he's serviceable, but he's not like a great player, you know. So that's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, I mean, they they have the worst wide receivers in the league, especially if you count Kelsey is not a wide receiver but a tight end,
1: you know. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And it's like yeah. you, it's hard to say. Like you can legitimately make a case that they lost three games easily, mm-hmm. based just solely on the wide receiver. That's it like 100%. Um at least 3 games and that's pretty that's pretty spectacular really. Um when you
0: think of Really to, all the blame on a wide receiver is you hardly ever have that. And they 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 have it this year like like you said multiple times.
1: And and I think just I think with the Mahomes thing like everyone's you know like he acted like a baby on the sidelines and you know he did come back and say yeah I I regret how you know how I acted. But I think what happened is it's like with if you're a parent or not even a parent like if you just it's like when you you you're dealing with all kinds of stresses or whatever in your life and then something happens very minor or something minor compared to what you've been dealing with and all of a sudden it just you just blow up you you're, you're just had enough that's it like you can't do it anymore fuck this i'm you know and i think that's what happened like he's been mm-hmm. dealing with the wide receiver drops and the and the constant, you know, the penalties and whatever, and he's been great. Like he doesn't put any blame on anybody else. He never yeah. you know, blames a wide receiver. And then this happened, costs the game, and he of course lashes out at the at the at the refs. And it, I think he don't. I don't really mean think that he like he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't go to Tony and be like, what What are you doing, you dumbass? You know that might happen behind closed doors, and I hope it does. Mm-hmm. But he can't do that on the sideline.
0: I think he was protecting his player more than anything else. I think he knew that, you know, people around here are stupid and they'll give him death threats, basically talking about Tony. And I think he thought, well, I'll I'll make it about the refs. And honestly, it worked. Like, that's all people were talking about around here for the first couple of days of this thing. And so I I think that was a lot of it. I think he kind of knew what was coming for Tony. And look, he knows, as sad as it is, they have to have him right? Like there's nobody walking through the room going to help him. So know. he's going to have to find a way to keep that kid's confidence up somehow. And maybe that's the way I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. They keep going. Oh yeah. You know, that's still our guy. That's still like, I said, all the faith in one nine is what yeah. Kelsey said the other day. And I'm wow. No, no, Rodney. We have not. We uh, we just yeah. got on a tangent here about the, the chiefs. Cause it's on my mind, but Great way to segue because we need to get over that and go to today's show where we're going to preview and get picks. You're right on time uh, for the $300,000 Remington Springboard Mile and the $200,000 Los Alfie Charity. Uh Great, too. Both are uh, Kentucky Derby prep races. So we'll uh, talk more about that and what that means for the 2024 Kentucky Derby. Then we're going to have some rat fire selections for some of the remaining stakes races going on this weekend around the country. Let's go. You're good, yeah. Good. I'm, I needed. I needed someone to come in here and break up my. Uh, I could have kept going. So.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah, it's. I you know I I feel like I'm a pretty reasonable fan, and uh, you know I, I'm not one to get too mad about. This is like, hey, I'm like, I'm not even. I'm at. I've reached the acceptance level. Pretty quick here. Just like mm-hmm. this is what it is. Like we're gonna have to ride this one out. It's not like we're getting a wide receiver traded to us right now. It's not like mm-hmm. we're these guys are gonna magically figure it out like in an immense way between now and next month. Mm-hmm. So you just say, Well, this is what it is, and you know, you gotta get ready for the heartbreak. As the Chiefs fans, yeah. we're pretty good about it.
0: Yeah. All, all true, all fair, <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. They're off in the springboard mile. All right. Let's kick things off here at, uh, in Oklahoma. Let's go to
1: race 10 at, uh, Remington park, the Remington springboard mile stakes. This is on Friday. So tomorrow, December 15th, race number 10, 300 K, uh, purse one mile. And this is a Kentucky Derby prep race, uh, 10, 5, 3, 2, one for your top five finishers. You got a field of nine here, Halterman lining up five to two on Odo the Conqueror uh, for Asmussen. You got Doug O'Neill's gotten here raging Torrent at three to one and coming in, kind of got that West coast form, but has been getting annihilated on the West coast uh, as well. And then Glenn Gary, the Iowa bread I'll, I'll start with this one or I'll let you start with this one. Doug Anderson, seven to two been running at Prairie Meadows came ran a nice race last time out as well. What do you think of this one? The Iowa bread, can he come in and beat these horses and get some to Kentucky Derby points.
0: Yeah. Just kind of up in the air on this one. Not, not quite sure that what the answer is there. Uh, I think this horse, I think he's pretty good, but you know, never went two turns. And I think that's going to be a big question mark, but I, I think showed last time out. It's not just an Iowa horse. It's definitely a horse that can compete elsewhere. You go to Keeneland, you win a stakes race, but you know, it's each level, right? Like we're okay. We're in Iowa. Okay. We, we, we kind of pass that level of, okay. Maiden. And now we're really dominant in a stakes. Now we go outside and run in a smaller stakes. One turn we win again. Now this is the next level. Right. And so that's going to be the big key, but look, I think you can't, you can't be too discouraged by the fact that Luis Saez is here. Right. I mean, that's obviously a positive. Um, so, I think it's a really nice spot for him to take that next step, you know, and it's, it's going to be a tougher, tougher situation here, but anytime you go to Keeneland and you win a stakes race, you're pretty darn good and you're pretty darn legit. So that Iowa bred thing kind of goes away and I just kind of look at him as a, as a racehorse. Right. And he's, he's a pretty solid one. My biggest question mark is I just don't know about the two turns.
1: Yeah, he that's kind of my. He looks fast. He looks very fast. But how how far can he go? Um, you know, going a mile here, he's been running. You know, obviously against weaker um, and going six furlongs. But the fact that that Iowa bred came out and and like you said, and came to to Keeneland and, and looked as good as he did. I mean, I think that that says something. And the fact that Lee Sai is like you mentioned um, was on him that day and stays aboard here i'm i'm interested i I don't know that i like him at all really moving forward necessarily from the Derby standpoint i just don't know that he's gonna be you know a bread to go that far but you know gate to wire i i don't know i just i i'm i'm playing against here i think i think the three gettysburg address will could also cause some issues for him uh speed wise
0: yeah now I can see that as well. And I think that's the other problem. When you look at this, there's a lot of speed in this race and well, you get two year olds, you get a lot of speed, you get them going one mile that begins to get a little bit dicey. Um, and, and not a lot of them at this age are really willing to kind of just be patient and sit off. So I think it's a really tough test for Glenn I, I do think he's the fastest of the bunch, but I, I think he's going to have some company in this race up front.
1: Yeah, I. I and by the way, I, I mean, I see some comments in here. It's supposed to be raining all day. I mean, I does. I do think there it is going to rain. I mean, we live. I mean, I don't know how, how many miles are we from Oklahoma City here? About
0: you well, know we're, we're three hours from my driveway to the front gate so i I don't know how many miles that is <laughs>
1: <laughs> as as some people say as a crow flies well as halterman drives right it is three hours <laughs> uh so to be fair like you know we are expecting some rain i think um here in the next uh like 24 hours so obviously um could have some rain but you know how it is if you if you lost watch, watch blinkers off enough you know we don't i mean it's impossible to handicap you you handicap these races and, and guess one way or another because you never know how it's going to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what the weather is going to actually do.
0: I wouldn't worry about it until till you get there and you see what happens. And listen, it's an all dirt. I mean, it's they do have a turf track, but they're not running any turf races, so it's it is what it is. You know, I mean, it might be a little wet, it might not. You know, and it it's going to be hit and miss.
1: It's not snowing, at least. So no, uh, I
0: mean, it probably I won't play that much of a factor in things, honestly.
1: All right, so let's go to uh, the favorite here, the eight, Otto, Odo the Conqueror uh, for Steve Aspies, Aspies and Gaffillon back aboard here after riding uh, jumping on uh, um, the sun. It rode the horse a lot. First two starts, Gaffeon rode it in an allowance race at Churchill Downs last time out in the slot, by the way. So if you have that uh, concern at all, there you go. Um, but came out Alterman and just ran a huge race, big time buyer, beat some comeback winners as well in that race and did it. Kind of for fun, bred nicely should get the distance no problem. Out of you know, um, you're uh, bred by or owned by Three Chimneys Farm. This is a to me this is a nice prospect.
0: Oh, I agree. I think this is a really good one. This can be my top pick in the race. Uh, I I kind of think. This horse, if you watch his races, he's not exactly headstrong to get the lead. He does get out in front, but I think it's more just natural ability. I don't think he will fight uh, uh, Gaffleon at all if, if he's not on the lead. So I'm not real worried about pace with him. Um, you know, my dad made a really good point uh, last week. We were talking about, uh, you know, when Keith Asfewson rides for Steve Asfewson, it, it may not be the absolute top of the barn. It's more of that second tier but I thought it was a really good sign when Gaff Leon got aboard that they thought, okay, this horse is coming along. This horse is doing really well. And that's really not a disrespect to Keith Asmussen. It's just, that's kind of how it's been. Um, So Gaff Leon gets aboard in that last race uh, wins by four. You saw big improvement from the horse. uh, And look, if if you're worried about the slop, the horse did win on a sloppy surface last time out. uh, So you got that on its side as well. So, I really, I like, I'm with you. Like, I think this horse might be a prospect, like a legitimate prospect.
1: Yeah. Because listen, like, well, I guess the one big thing is if a raging torrent were to come in here and, and win, one thing you can believe is that this group sucks because this is a horse that's just been getting smoked out West. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, fair. He's been beating or been getting beat by Prince Monaco twice and Mooth, wind me up, you know, the American Farrell, like, he's ran back to back grade once. Like, that's all fair. But they've not been close either. So if he were to come in and win in this group, that would tell you one, Muth is really good, and uh, you know obviously fierceness would be as well. But two, this is not a very good group.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with that a hundred percent, and. We'll see. You know, again, I just don't think you're going to get that, whoa, type of performance right out of this. But I do just think this is like a solid progressing type of horse, talking about Otto the Conqueror, who's kind of earned his way into this spot. And I I don't really think he's going to run away with him, but I could see a nice solid effort out of him. I I also, you know, in that same regard, I think Gettysburg Address is another one, the, the three that. You know, it didn't run all that well last time out. Second time going along this time. Maybe this one gets a little bit better. Flavian Pratt gets aboard here, too. I thought he was kind of the one that was interesting outside of the eight and the five.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting that that Flavian is coming in to ride for this horse. You know, Um, yeah, you know, that last rate, you know, looked good on debut. It went off wasn't the favorite on the street since, but went off at a semi-short price, got the sloppy track, you know, got the lead and then kind of weakened late. So that was a mile 16th. Maybe the cutback will help a little bit. I don't, you know, what we've learned, right, Altriman, is you can't take that one race from a young, you know, two-year-old horse and say, well, that horse isn't any good. You know, you got to get him another Mm -hmm. try. And so if you still like Gettysburg Address, I mean, the price should be right here on him. Um, you mentioned it, though, on, uh, on the, uh, uh, trivia Tuesday, Brad Cox hasn't mm. won this race before. It's is very, that was an interesting, uh, I, you would have thought he would have, I feel like he's had a ton of horses in the race.
0: Uh, yeah, he usually does. Uh, you know, so, sometimes his horses come to Remington and just don't run very well. Overall. He brings them on the Oklahoma Derby day and this day, and a lot of them just don't really show up with their best, uh, you know, his best chance at it was answer in a few years ago. And my God I had every chance to win the race and just couldn't do it that day. If you remember, um, kind of got a weird trip and then you, you kind of learn later that that's just a weird horse. He's just kind of dumb and doesn't want to do what he's supposed to do. So, but that, that was a heartbreaking loss that day for him. Um, but yeah, I, I think the three Gettysburg address is I do I think he's a little dangerous in the spot. I, I really do. I, I, I think he's inside speed. I think he's kind of the one that'll inherit the lead. Once it's all said and done, he may end up costing the five, the race a little bit. Those two might, you know, might kind of knock heads and maybe set it up for the eight. That's kind of the way I looked at it, but I think the three's presence in the race makes it tough for the five and vice versa. They seem a little bit faster than the rest of this field.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting how those two play out. Um, I'm with you, though. My, not, my top pick in the race is going to be the eight, uh, Odo the Conquer. Uh, yours as well, five to two on the morning line. Got to think he's going to be bet fairly hard, especially with uh, that sloppy form if the track does come up sloppy uh, tomorrow. Uh, but listen, let's do it. We do every derby prep. This one feels low. I I based off of past years, I'm going to say I'm like 0.5 0. 0.5 over under of, of entries, uh, that are going to run the Kentucky Derby out of this race.
0: Not I'd the winner.
1: Not the winner. The, anyone that ran in this race.
0: Yeah. Under I'd go under.
1: I think, I mean, based off history, I think that's a, uh, the right call, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of look at it. I just don't see it. I really don't. I mean, Otto the conqueror, you're gonna to have to see level improvement every race from him to get him to where he's at that point now with yeah. the caveat being sometimes horses that really shouldn't run in the derby do actually go like long-range Tie. you know but yeah. <laughs> but uh anyway well, I, I don't know feel, it just
1: I, kind of feels like no matter what like even best case scenario there's only like probably one horse out of this group yeah that could be could win or or could, you know, be in the Derby and then pass then you gotta get the horse there. You know what I mean? Yep. So to me, I'm with you. I think it's an under. Um I want, I tried to bait you a little bit on that one. I was hoping <laughs> you'd go over
0: you know, I, I again it's just hard for me. I like I like I was talking about answer in like when he came here for this race, he had a look of one that this could be really good and he never got any better whatsoever. And every year you do have one or two like that. Um you know, when Gray Vitos came here and he won, I mean, you, you thought that that's a top five, top eight type of horse and yeah. it didn't work out. So even if, even if I the Conqueror runs great, then it's all got to work out for the next five months, which is tough.
1: Racing. All right, let's move on to Saturday's Kentucky Derby prep race. This is, uh, let's go to Los Al for race number nine against Saturday. Los Al, Los Al, Los Alamitos Futurity Great two, 200K going one and one sixteenth miles uh for two-year-olds of course two-year-old males Field of six lines up here and interesting race because it is a derby prep race so you got 10 5 3 2 1 for your top five finishers there's six horses in the field and three of them are trained by bob baffert so everybody gets points in this race apparently maybe we'll see but uh bob baffert obviously can't get points for the Kentucky derby as we stand here today i see you shaking your head i feel the same way but Here we are. We still got to try to pick a winner of this race. And you've got Bob Baffert with three, like I mentioned, five to two on wind me up. But actually Coach Prime just was inside Pratt aboard there. So he comes back out here to ride for Bob Baffert after riding for Brad Cox on Friday at two to one. So I ask you, is it Coach Prime kind of the new shooter, so to speak, or is it wind me up looking to rebound after a poor performance in the Breeders' Cup?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll take coach prime in this spot. I'll I'll take the kind of the up and coming one versus the one that's dropping down from the big company and moving into a little bit softer situation. Uh, I was super impressed with coach prime's win last time out, you know, I'm not, I'm not like all in like like Rodney is on this horse yet because who does <laughs> Rodney like? Do you know? But yeah, Coach, I know Rodney's like Coach Prime for like two months. Uh, well, ever since that maiden win. So here's the deal: the maiden win couldn't have been much better. It was, it was fantastic, and I I wrote that horse down immediately. Okay, that's that's one right. But it is a bit odd that the horse started off on the turf. Okay, that's just not something Bob Baffert really does so that gets you a little bit worried like, okay, what did he really think of this horse? Right. But you do see the talent next out and and you definitely see, okay, well, the horse has talent. So what, how much, you know, what they thought of that horse, forget about it. I've seen him on the track. He looked really good. So I'll take coach prime here for this one uh, to win. I I hate, I, 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 this race is just not fun to me. And you kind of mentioned it, with the derby situation, we're going to start feeling it once again in these California races that yeah. they, they kind of just become, and look, I know like we had practical move last year and that was great. But when you run a, a race and half the horses can't get points for it, it's just, it just kind of sucks. And Baffert seems to have some good ones that are going to be in these races again. And I mean, it's hard to get excited about them really, but I am excited to watch coach prime here uh, and, and to see kind of get that answer of, okay, okay, is he, has he come along and he's really good now, or was last time just kind of a fluke and he's going to maybe not be so good, uh, but he seems like a pretty nice horse coming into this race.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's even more frustrating when you start talking about like, okay, not only are, are, are the points, you know, he's not, these horses aren't getting points, but if they are not going to be able to run in the race, then these other horses aren't getting points, you know? Yeah. And so it's just taking, it's like just taking points away from the whole thing. Um, and so it just, it's a mess completely but anyways um yeah i mean i don't hate the pick i i that's between the two five they're five and six in my opinion i'm gonna go with the six wind me up uh you know with flow south the way it plays i'm i'm gonna look at this horse going gate to wire i don't know what really happened in the breeders cup whether it be just too tough um didn't like being inside but uh this horse just you know completely quit never really got to the lead uh, that day but you know we're back in the american pharaoh ran a really nice second to mooth who obviously ran well in the breeders cup um, so we know he's better than what we saw in the breeders cup and then debut was good as well i think he's fast enough the way, the way this horse has been working i think he's fast enough as well to get to the lead uh you also have the two in here for bob baffert who looks like has some speed as well it's kind of interesting to see how those kind of play out maybe they're just setting it up for the five but I like the six to just maybe try to um, take them gate to wire. I, I don't. I mean, the coach prime thing is interesting, right? Because it's a one point seven million dollar horse, which is no stranger to Zidane, Zidane Racing, right? That's like all their horses are over a million dollars. But it's a quality road out of a street since mare. One point mm-hmm. seven million, like I said. And you start in the maiden special weight on the turf at Santa Anita. It that Weird. makes no sense whatsoever, um, hmm. unless they just needed to get a start, and that's what they chose. I, I I just I don't know. Now scratch that out and pretend that race never happened. He debuts, wins by seven in a on the dirt. You're like, oh, yeah, this is so maybe I'm overthinking it um, completely with that. But I th- do think it is interesting. Uh,
0: I, anytime you see something like this, it, you, you've got to take note of it. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And that's why, like, you, you know, in the pick five. I can't single the five because that that's still right there in the back of my mind. And I'm with you like five, six. That would be where I would go as well. I'm really not interested in anybody else in here. Um, because to me, it's like six is going to get the lead and is anybody good enough to come get them? If the five runs the last race, you know, it'll be a race down the stretch. Yeah. But what if the five is just like, Oh, we try turf. We'll see what happens to this horse. Now let's try it on the dirt Now, Some trainers, when you see that it's not that big of a deal, but with Bafford, it's like, that's different. That's not what we're used to seeing. So it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Typically
1: when you have a horse, like that's you Know the prime, primed up, no, no pun intended, but um, you know, that it's like, okay, this you know, the route it's going to be this, this small, maiden, special weight race. It's Anita. go to allowance, go to stakes, you know, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the fact that he's this route is just it's different, um, for sure, and so it makes you wonder, but you know, I think that I have no problem playing those two and just moving on, um. Cause I do think it's either wind me up, goes gate to wire or the five comes and gets him. You know, I don't, uh, I, you know, what was that race? The starlet. Yeah. The starlet last week where you mm-hmm. had kind of a similar situation, not a little, very, but where you had the horse that was a little more gate to wire versus the new shooter sort of about for coming, trying to get her and couldn't do it. Right. And so right. maybe it's similar in that instance where you have a little bit more of the class edge for the six versus the five.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And, And the other, I mean, the last thing, you know, at least for me, when you get these six horse fields, especially at Los Al, it's a, the race is kind of wonky about how it shapes up and how it's run. And so that always kind of makes a weird kind of situation.
1: I just talked to Vegas. There's no betting allowed on the over under of this race because (laughs) of the Bafferts situation okay. so sorry i cannot i would say it, it seems too easy to say under right at this point because right. if you say over basically you're betting on the fact that some sort of injunction happens again and allows, allows him to to run which i don't see happening
0: so, which is always fun to bet right yeah <laughs> yeah that's why we yeah. got in this game
1: yeah that's really fun to to bet hmm. on you know like oh can you imagine another sports like oh so you're telling me he can Run and play in these race, in these games, but he's not allowed to re- play in the Super Bowl if they get there. It's like, I, oh, that's weird.
0: I can't imagine anybody doing that. No, like, <laughs> I, I just can't. It's, it, you put it that way, and that, that's even a way I hadn't thought of it. It's like, that is truly insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, no, no,
1: he can, like, he's allowed to play, it's fine, but uh, if they win, it doesn't count. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay.
1: Yeah. okay. So if you win this playoff game, uh, the other team actually gets to move on, not you, because R- right, you're suspended, sort of. Just, really.
0: just for this, just in, just this entity of this situation. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Other picture, you're not, but just here, you are. So. It'd be like,
0: it'd be like, even if it's like, hey, you're you're suspended from the AFC Championship game. I mean, you can play in it, but or, no, you can't play in it. But you still could go to the Super Bowl. You know. <laughs> what's happening what is this yeah
1: Uh, all right guys uh i got the six wind me up uh (laughs) halterman's got the five
0: (laughs) coach prime yeah i never thought of it like that but that is kind of i don't know
1: did i see that fsu is like filed some sort of legal thing to make to try to get in is that true
0: I have no idea if that's true or not. I've heard people say it, but I haven't taken my time to research it because uh, they're fighting a losing battle. <laughs> yeah, so.
1: that's when I saw that, I didn't even look into it because I thought, well, no. oh, that's interesting, but that's not going to work. So Yeah,
0: it's like good for you guys, I understand, but you're not going to get anywhere with that. So.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, time for Rapid Fire. Uh, let's go to... Uh, let's stay at Los Al, I guess, but let's go to Friday uh at Los Alamitos race eight the Bay coast stakes grade three worth 100k going one one miles for phillies and mares three-year-olds and up uh halter and to seven lines up here six to five on desert dawn for diamato what do you think here and are you going to try to beat her
0: yeah another one that's pretty boring for me uh I, by the way i have no problem with los alamitos at all i just they're racing to me just these stakes always kind of suck uh, they just can't get the field. Uh, I, I took the seven, Desert Dawn. I, it's kind of a um, oh, a cop out probably not the right word, but it's kind of a boring pick. But it's just like I don't, I don't really know what else to kind of do with it. Looks like the best source to me, getting class relief, obviously. Uh, so I, I just, I took the seven here.
1: Yeah, I went with the uh, give me the Baffert here. Well the yeah. the one, the Baffert uh, Midnight Memories the two to one, kind of the second choice. You know this is a horse that uh likes this distance i think the stretch out is what this horse kind of likes you look good last two you ran at seven furlongs and a little break finished fourth um just never really got going there then we hold her mile last time out dame O'Reay, fun to dream uh but you know this is a horse that uh, was making kind of a move there and then just you know, ran out of room and I think the longer distance for this horse is what this horse wants. It's a versatile horse as well. Like it's shown the last two to kind of come off of it, but it's shown also in the past that it can win gate to wire. So I think it gives Fernandez some some versatility in the race as well. I I think trying to beat Desert Dawn makes sense. It's just uh, you're you're obviously taking a very you're taking the angle of okay you're getting the class relief here. Can she get it done now? And I think that's fair. She's only won once at this distance. That's I uh, was concerning. Ten starts at, at the mile distance or mile sixteenth mm-hmm. distance, and uh, only one win in those ten starts. So I'm gonna try to beat her with the uh, you know really shocker here with the. And I'm with you. It's like okay, because even when you try to beat a favorite, you're like, oh, well, I got Baffert here. You know, mm-hmm. it's not. It's there's nothing sexy about. Uh, yeah. Probably going to be like workout. six to
0: five, eight to five, I guess, or six to five, seven to five. Those two, I, I don't know.
1: I wouldn't even be surprised, honestly, if the one goes off
0: the favorite. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe so. I, yeah. It
1: didn't. It wouldn't. I mean, it's unlikely, but I think uh, yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be surprising considering that Desert Dawn did not run well last out, and you got Bob Baffert. Yeah. Uh, in these are uh, on the trainer for that one. But all right. Uh, remember when Ganadora we thought was going to be really good? That
0: I do. Fun. Yeah
1: not that was fun fun times back then she wasn't she <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert she was not good all right let's go uh back to remington park uh on what is it? yeah friday friday undercard before the uh, springboard race seven the trapeze stake 75k going one mile um this is for the phillies two-year-olds it's not an official oaks race why is it why is this one not an oaks race but the the springboard is
0: Good question. I'm really I'm really not sure what the answer is to that one, honestly.
1: It's the same race. It's just what we are usually used to seeing, right, when you have the, the Derby and the Oaks preps races on the same card. Same thing, but just no Oaks po- points on the line. But Brad Cox has a, has a horse in here. West Omaha Pratt aboard this one as well. Maybe this is the horse Pratt really came in to ride.
0: It seems to me this is going to be the, the, the more likely of the two to win. I, I really like West Omaha a lot in here. This is another race where this horse has speed, but I don't think really necessarily has to have the lead. So I think, you know, if if there's not a lot of pace on, she can take him gate to wire. And if they go flying, I think she'll sit off the lead just fine. I really like West Omaha on here. I I didn't take much time on this one as far as, you know, I guess I should say it didn't take me much time to handicap it because she just kind of looks better than everybody else. So give me give me the number one West Omaha on this one.
1: I mean, you got like a what is this like a nine horse field, and four of them are twenty to one. Yeah, like it's just that not a great, not a great field, really. On top of the fact that I think West Omaha looks pretty damn good, really. I mean, that debut uh, ran well, just kind of ran well late, and then uh, last time out, kind of kind of figured things out a little bit more. I love the fact that Pratt gets the mount and the the stretch out for. a horse that obviously i think is going to want to go um go longer is going to be fine so i really do think west omaha is if you're talking if you're telling me like which which brad cox out of the, out of the springboard and out of this one mm-hmm. am i more like interested in from a future standpoint i think i would i would go with this one mm-hmm. this one just looks like you know and we know like he like he's had success with these kind of horses for sure
0: yep agree
1: all right, let's go to. Uh, okay, we're both on number one, West Omaha, to win uh, the trapeze. Let's go to race number nine. This is the uh, Jeffrey A. Hawk Memorial. <laughs> well, sure, seventy-five thousand dollars, going one mile and seventy yards. It is um, for three-year-olds and up. Field of eleven shows up here, Halterman, and and it's uh, it's one of our it's one of our favorite kind of races. The you know the kind of the Boulevard of uh, Broken Greens, so to speak. Got Pioneer Medina. Now with Brad Cox at five to two promise keeper, by the way, I was like, Oh, I thought that was horse was with Fletcher. Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh Donnie's got one in here uh, at five yeah. to one. you've got seven to two on presidential for ask what do you think of this one?
0: Well, I mean, pioneer Medina only lost by 21 links last time out. Um, so why not go <laughs> right back to him? Right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's who I went with. Um, look, I, it's weird how bad that horse ran last time out. I, I I gotta think he's gonna run better, Jared. It really wasn't all that long ago. This horse won a Grade Three race at Fairgrounds against like some decent horses. And right? Ever since that win, it has been a disaster. Four races, three times off the board. He did get third in the Ben Ali, a race that would win this one if he can repeat that somehow. I just have to think somehow Brad Cox is gonna get this horse to run a little bit better. Flavian Pratt aboard here. I, I just think this horse will run better in this spot. Um can't run worse, that's for sure. So I, I did go with the 10. Uh,
1: listen, I I just I have a rule that would you <laughs> in the past two starts, you can't I can't pick a horse that's lost by like a combined thirty links. I just I can't do it. I get the you know Bradcock certainly should help. Um, he can't run worse. All those things. He, he's certainly better than that, but I, I just I can't take a short price on a horse that's just been getting annihilated. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with the eight Chrome Baby, the Donny horse, uh, California Chrome horse. Uh, this is a, he. He looked. He's looked good the last couple starts. He, you know, he's been a horse that uh, I feel like has kind of been, uh, you know, the Remington Park specialist. Mm-hmm. Is ran well at times, you know. I mean, I why do I? I'm not. Why am I telling you anything? You know this horse probably through and through, right? I do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that so? It's kind of a bad thing that you didn't pick him.
0: I think. Well, I, 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 I don't. I wouldn't take it that way. It, it's it's just a situation for me. It, it took a while, right? We finally got this horse kind of going, but I don't really love who the horse is beaten in comparison to now. We're up against this group. So that's kind of my worry, I guess, on that one a little bit. Uh, but two nice wins for sure. It, it just kind of took a while to get there uh, with this one. And look, I mean, very, very consistent. I, I do think the horse will be around. I, I question if the horse is good enough to win at this level.
1: It's uh, it's fair, right? And we're going to find out the class test because this is a horse that uh, loves Remington, right? 12 starts, four wins, three. Mm-hmm. I mean, he runs well pretty much every time. At Remington, but uh, yeah, the class test will be the interesting. I do think the pace setup will be nice, and uh, you know the distance obviously shouldn't be a concern. But yeah, you're going to have that test of like, okay, you know, top the stretch is is he going to go? Is he going to give it up? Um, I just I went more with uh, the horse that's been running well, but has something to prove, versus the horse that you could have beat the last couple starts but also has the bad class so and, and a shorter price so give me the give me the eight chrome baby at a little bit of a uh, of a price all right let's go to uh, oh i see a comment here i'll help this new newcom, newcomer this new fan uh, we can help her out with yeah. giving her some picks for this race did you see that let's comment? do it i
0: love this race <laughs>
1: by the way how How awesome is racing where we just, we have uh, the same race names at different tracks. So it's the H. Allen Jerkins Handicap, not the Memorial, but it's also ran at Gulfstream on the turf going two miles versus a sprint at (laughs) Saratoga. Right. It's... (laughs) Anyways, welcome to horse racing. Let's go to Gulfstream Park race 11 Saturday. HL H Allen Jerkins handicap again, hundred K two miles on the turf, uh, for three-year-olds and a field of 10 shows up here. And, you know, you've got, uh, kind of the list of, of turf trainers out there in, uh, Gulfstream park value engineering at two to one. You've got five to two on McLovin, which is a great, great name. (laughs) Dale Cor pletcher's got one six minus six uh six to one on uh, lynch motion you make it you or you you kind of got your pick here as far as uh, of options i thought this was a very interesting race to handicap what do you think
0: oh yeah this one's always a fun one i always look forward to this one uh i you know i i kind of went back and forth between four or five of these i ended up on number three swore at 12 to one you just look at like experience going long on the turf this source has it you know has uh Broke the maiden uh, two races back at Kentucky Downs, going a mile and a half. Went to an allowance, you know, got fourth, going a mile and three eighths. I think the horse will like the stretch out to two miles, which is something you say once a year when you handicap this race and no other ones. But I think the horse, you know, is kind of made for this race. And if we can get 12 to one, I would be pretty shocked. I think the horse will get bet down. But I think number three, three swore is kind of the one that's going to enjoy the distance the most.
1: Hey, by the way, shout out Dr. Miranda. Got married last weekend, yes. so uh, where does the name change? He does still, he's got still got the old name. Are you, are you, are she one of those kind of girls that just doesn't change the name? You think?
0: Oh, that's interesting. I I hadn't even noticed, huh? Hmm. We'll see.
1: We'll see what she. Uh, but no, I'm. You know, I don't know if this is uh, good or bad. Probably bad. But uh, I'm on Swore as well at twelve to one. <laughs> that was my top pick. Uh, I really don't need to say anything else. You 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 kind of said it all. I I thought this is a horse that. Uh, going longer will will run well off the mile and three eighths, like you said. Mile and a half has has ran well at those distances, but clearly, kind of looks like a horse that needs to go longer somehow. T Gaff uh, gets back in the irons, and obviously, with T Gaff and Emotion team up, they team up quite well, uh, hitting that 30 percent. So, I, I mean, twelve to one seems
0: too high, um, mm-hmm. but I think we'll get a lot of it, don't you? I do. I, I, I think maybe six to one, uh, perhaps. I, I don't think we're going to get 12 to one, especially since both of us have just picked her uh, or picked him, I should say. So I, I think it'll be more like six to one, but I think you're going to get a good enough price. I think you got to go into it realizing it's it's not going to be double digits.
1: No. And to me, it's like when you look at a horse like Value Engineering, who's your two to one favorite, you're like, okay, well, this is a horse that's just. I mean, got seventh last time out. Of course I was on synthetic, but still got eighth the last time for that eighth time before that. It's been a minute since this horse has looked good. Um, It's kind of a similar situation uh, as of the last race where it's like, well, he has shown to you know, to win nice races. You know, he's ran well at Gulfstream park, but in those last couple have been bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, this is a weird race. Like I wouldn't want to take that horse at that price. I I think that's what it all comes down to. And that's why I kind of went back and forth. It's like, you know, the, the, number four F five, it's like, yeah, but that was a pretty bad race last time when we stepped up, you know, and, and and you mentioned the one, like you said, and you know, the eight McLovin, I love the name, but I don't know that that horse is really going to be that great here. So yeah, that's why I decided I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here.
1: All right, yeah you and i are both on a, a long shot here so there you go dr Miranda. You got to play this one number three swore all right let's go to the last one here go to oakland park for their of course their christmasy names let's go to race nine on saturday the tinsel stakes worth uh, 200k going a mile and eight this is for three-year-olds and up Field of seven lines up here speed bias my boy speed bias can't get the job can't he get the job done here what do you think of this race
0: you know, I don't know you probably didn't watch the preview I did for this on the website, but I, I was like, there's like no doubt speed bias is the best horse in the race, but it's like uh, you, you talk about a horse that cannot find the winner circle in, in, in spots where not, not just spots, but in 10 yards from the wire, it's like, okay, he's got it today. Speed bias just finds a way to lose races. And I, I think he's the best horse in the race, but I, I can't pick him in this one. I took strong quality of the two horse. I, I think number two strong quality is, is you know, one of those horses that isn't great, but this field isn't great. I mean, you're catching Speed Bias, you're catching Dennington, you know, Seeds of Night. These aren't great horses, and if you can just kind of get out in front of them, I think you'll beat them. So I took number two strong quality on top.
1: You know, Speed Bias is one of those interesting horses that kind of feels like no matter if the race is an allowance race or if it's yeah. a, a graded stakes race, he's going to run the same exact way. Yep, You know, like you look at the Fayette last time out, looked like a winner, couldn't get the job done. Same goes in allowance race, couldn't get the job done. Looks like winner can't get the job done. I'm with you. I just, I have no, no faith. Like he's going to beat me right at some point because I'm at that point now with him where it's just like, I can't, I've bet him too many times to to keep betting him and losing money that I'm okay at this point to say, okay, let him beat me um, when that, if and when that time ever comes. But Give me the uh, now. Listen, my disclosure of this of this pick is that the price needs to stay in this 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 area at five to one. The seven Dinnington for McPeak, uh, Lake Peru gets the mount. You know, he's. I mean, you really don't need any introduction to McPeak. Horse has been one of those horses that has looked really good at times and has looked really poor at times. The last two though have been really nice races for him mm-hmm. at the mile and eighth and at a mile last time out. Closed nicely and both of them WHNL beat him the time before that, but then came back and won um, and looked really good. yeah, uh, last time out at Churchill Downs going a mile. So I think the distance is not a concern. I my thing is like maybe the pace will help this horse like enough yep. to where he can come closing and get it and, and, and nail him here late, like speed bias, like and strong quality. Both horses you meant, you know, mentioned with speed. Maybe he can get the job done and kind of mow him down late. So give me the uh, the seven, Dinnington.
0: I wouldn't be shocked if he does get that pace set up. I, I wanted to mention with uh, Speed Bias, who's on an eight-race losing streak right now, but six of the eight losses have come by a length and a quarter or less, and five of them have come by three-quarters of a length or less. So shows you the margin of error, and, and if he turns two or three of those races around – how differently you would think about this horse and the other two losses uh one was in the grade one stephen foster where he was just over his head and the other one he got second but he got blown, blown out by bright future who went on to be a greatest stakes winner obviously so I, I mean honestly if he flips like I said two or three of these races you're looking at this horse and you're saying well this could be an older horse to keep an eye out on this year yeah. and instead you look at him and go well he, he just can't finish a race
1: I had this horse in the Pimlico Special. Yep. The Stephen Foster. I think I used him. Um, those and those two allowance races. Yep. I had them every time, especially those two allowance races at Saratoga. I was like, oh, I love this horse. I mean, I specifically remember the the, the first loss when uh, Bright Future got him, But, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. Like Bright Future. And then so you bent him back. It's like, how did you, not only did you lose that race, you got third in that, that-
0: race. That race, because I remember you were live to speed bias for a shit ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was was it a double? Was it, it was a, double? a
1: double? Yeah, and I singled him.
0: And and we were watching that race. We weren't together, but we were watching it together. Basically texting back and forth that day. And I remember texting up the backstretch. It's like, if not today, I I just don't know when the perfect trip alone on the lead, everything going well, mid stretch. I'm like, he's got it. He's got it. And and like you said, not only does he lose or does he lose? He doesn't even get second. He misses by a neck though. I mean, I, I've never watched the race and, and been just like, I, I don't know when this horse can win. Like what, what is it going to take at this point?
1: I mean, because he had Irad on the, on him that day. It was yes. the Perfect ride, the perfect setup, and he just and it's like not like the distance because it's like sometimes the distance just seems fine, and other times even like when he goes shorter, he still gets caught. Like it just, yeah. He's a baffling horse, and I'm sure Moquette is thinking the same thing. Like, what do I need to do to get this horse in the winter circle? But yeah, until proven otherwise, I'm playing against him. I got the seven Dennington Halterman's taking uh, the two strong quality. <laughs> there's just certain horses and i think we all have them that you get to a point where you're just like and hopefully people are why you get wise enough where you're like i can't keep betting this horse
0: i mean that's where I, like you handicapped this race specifically and you're like god he should win i know but you just you just can't you just can't back him
1: and it's kind of funny too it's like how strong you are because i'm like at first when i went into it and handicapped it i'm like There's my boy. I'm going to take, like, this is it. I'm going to take him. And then you're like, whoa, hang on. Hang on. (laughs) I just couldn't do it. (laughs) Can't do it yet. Doesn't help that, you know, who he's trained by. So you don't have a lot of confidence there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, just saying.
0: I was, you know, uh, on that subject, because this, this is a, this is a track where you do have confidence to play Moquette. I was shocked to see. In the last year, in the last 365 days, he's hitting at eight percent at Oakland. Hmm. That's wild. Didn't you think that would be much higher? More like 15%. Yeah, maybe? like double. Yeah, double. Yeah, double. Very, yeah. Very, very good point. Yep. All
1: right, guys. That's all the time we have. Check us out at racedudes.com for our free picks and of course our premium selections on our products page. Click the get racing dudes premium button at the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Quick note, if you guys haven't done it yet, make sure you uh, go to the YouTube page and uh, you can watch a video um, from Halterman that kind of explains the, the picks. And you know, of course, Halterman's making all the all the premium picks on the site. So I have kind of an idea behind like what's being done, how the free picks work, how, you know, premium, everything you need to know. So make sure you go check out that video at our YouTube page, uh, just YouTube slash Racing Dudes or search Racing Dudes there to learn more about the picks that we have available for you. At racingdudes.com. All right, we're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, all the places you listen to. We are there. The Magic Mike Show as well. They'll be live here in an hour, just less than an hour, yep. doing the Gold Stream uh, pick five, the late pick five there. So if you're uh, looking for a little bit more analysis, not just of that stakes race we talked about, but the whole pick five, the late pick five, make sure you stay tuned for the uh, Magic Mike show and Halterman and his dad will be live after that. With uh, what do you guys do? What do you guys do? Got going on uh, this weekend or the, for this weekend?
0: We'll do NFL uh, picks once again, and then we'll do uh, college football bowl weekend opening picks, and then uh, I don't know. I don't know where we where we'll go after that. Uh, that usually lasts about forty five minutes. So last week, if you've got a second, um, last week I won't mention the commenter because I haven't seen him in like a week. Um, we started talking about psychics and ghosts and spirits, and one of our commenters claims that a spirit followed him home from a sketchy hotel when he was traveling and, and was um, with him in his house.
1: Can you tell me, like, is it someone that comments a lot?
0: Yeah, it, it's, yeah, I mean, uh, uh yeah, um, I haven't seen him in a while, um, but anyway, um no, it wasn't Curtis, Curtis, you may have been there maybe uh, for this conversation, it wasn't Curtis, but anyway,
1: uh, okay. that's interesting,
0: so he was uh, real sketch on the details, and we kept trying to poke him, he would give us his little minor ones, he's like, I'm serious, because we were laughing, he's like, is This it, really, it's, it's not that funny, like, is this it still is there? I don't think so now, I don't think so now. Um, I think now the, the, the spirit has left, um, (laughs) but yeah, uh, strange. And evidently the spirit tried to make a move on him. Like at first, at first he said the spirit, the spirit made itself, uh, known, made its presence known. And I was like, okay, you know, how thinking, Not that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like knock something off the wall (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Dennis was there
0: too and he was freaking out. Uh, So, anyway, what did it do? It made a move on him as he was sleeping, (laughs) Um, allegedly. So, I I don't know what we'll talk about this week uh, after. Um, Are we sure it
1: wasn't wasted or something? And turns out it was like just like his wife or something
0: yeah like we tried to we tried to be like did you did you bring home like an actual female or or you know or something and and no it was a spirit um his claim was the spirit was in the room and the and it followed him back to his house after he had been there so Okay. I don't know if that's possible or not, but that's that is what we were talking about for a good thirty minutes to end the show last week. So, let me. Who knows say, where we'll go this week? But so, wow. Well, yeah.
1: First of all, your dad is would it be? It'd be amazing to hear that yeah. analysis from your dad. Yeah. But listen, like I. I I'm, I'm super I don't know if I'm super weird about it cuz I think it's fairly normal but like I don't mess around with that kind of shit. Like I I like watch like I love scary movies and I love like learning about ghost stuff and all that but I the the moment something the moment someone takes makes a hit on me or, or makes a hit on me <laughs> hits on me uh well if they make a hit on me for sure but if they <laughs> hit on me and they're it's a ghost I'm out. Like I'm done. And this is no joke. Like, there is a reason why I continue. Like, so I just moved into this house, the house before that. Actually, the the two houses before that, before this, were brand new houses. And this, it's not like, I'm not joking. Like, I specifically look for new houses to make sure that they're not haunted. I'm not like, I mean, yeah, having new houses, uh, there's other reasons. But like, that is... That is in my mind where I'm like, if it's a new house, unless it's buried on the you know, or built on a burial ground, it's, I, I don't want to mess with it. Cause you get an old house or a used house. You're like, I don't know what's been going on in this house. Like, what is it, is there spirits in here? I'm serious. I, I, I know. Uh, it's clear when I get in here.
0: I I think as someone who lived in a house that I think, was haunted i yours, I, yeah, I yours
1: was 100 percent haunted yes
0: yeah i i i definitely agree with what you're saying I
1: you live by yourself, <laughs>
0: you're right
1: <laughs> yeah when you live by yourself half the time and you got and you got kids you're like yeah i don't want to I'm, because the bottom line is if something were to happen i you know because i my always saying when i'm watching these like you know, these ghost things and my always thought is like why are you still there it's like oh well then one night I woke up and I, you know, I was attacked with a demon voice in my ear, and then I stayed there for two more years. You're like, what? <laughs> How? Like I would have been gone that moment and never stepped foot back in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm like, oh, i will be a pain, and I have to sell it, and then what do I? You know, I was like, ah, eh,
0: just I'll just try to find new houses. So, I, I mean, yeah, I get it. I, I, I definitely. I never had that thought and I I literally never believed in that kind of stuff. And then I had a couple of, I guess, encounters, experiences, something, whatever, however you want to phrase it. And I'm like, yeah, this is kind of a real thing. And I'm, I'm very much aware of the situation now. Let's put it that way. Interesting. If that makes, does that mean, I, I mean, I guess if that, if that makes sense, I don't
1: know. yeah, your your old house for sure. Like there was a vibe there that you're like, yeah, this one is this is interesting. You could tell. It was old enough. Yeah. And then you, you know, you could just tell and then you had some experiences, so
0: Yeah. And nothing
1: no one ever like made a move on you, I don't think. But No,
0: mine was not at all scary or anything like that, but just like there was a couple of times where like, whoever, w- whoever it was, was there. They let us know they were there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, a, in a, in a not scary way, at least
1: what, yeah. Curtis, what would, what would have to be the interest rate for you to stick around in the haunted house? I'd like to know, like, cause interest rates are high now. So like, at what point are you like, well, honey, like I, I get that this demon attacks you every night, but
0: have you seen interest rates lately? It's, it's weird. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's, Hilarious, and obviously, (laughs) if you've seen interest rates lately, you're like, Yeah, no, I totally get that. Well, Um, the reality
1: is, is not everybody's fortunate enough to be like, They can just make that move, right? Where you're like, Oh, well, we're just gonna go move, live somewhere else. Like, some people in those is like, Are stuck, they they, they put a life savings or whatever on the line to to get this house, and then it's haunted. And you're like, By the way, if you ever buy a house, it's like a mansion, but it's like super old, it's haunted, don't buy it because. (laughs) You know, every, every story or movie, it's like, oh, we got this great deal in this house. It's beautiful. I can't believe it. And you're like, well, it's because it's haunted
0: and people were killed here. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know of every one of them, but no. <laughs> I'm not going to go no, that well, far. But that's you're going to
1: operate like it's every one of them, you know, because <laughs> if you operate like that's all true, like it's the baseline true, then it won't happen to you.
0: I mean yeah I mean that's true yeah I listen I'm with you I would prefer a new house over over uh an older house and there are other reasons but I I, have, I like I said I never believed in any of that stuff and then it happened where we lived once and it it was real enough that I'm like I didn't imagine that because I'm not that person like I don't I didn't really believe in anything like that and it's like I didn't make that up in my head like that totally happened and then it happened to Heather too one day and she was the same way. She's like, I I know that happened to me. I was like, I pay. It's happened to me, so I get it. Like, it it happened in the same room, and it was the same kind of thing. So yeah, it was just weird. So anyway,
1: well, you live to tell the story. So that's uh, I I believe in ghosts, so I'm with you on that one. I believe in I, in, I believe in ghosts and demons and all that shit. So like, that's just, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't fuck around with it. It's just like you know. I, if it's gonna happen it's i'm out so um yeah I, I don't know i get sucked into that kind of stuff like i i'm very interested but i also like you know there's a reason why we haven't like caught a ghost mm-hmm. like walking really? <laughs> you know like it's not every time you watch a ghost show you're like okay it's gonna be the same like it's like every one of those are the same but yeah i'm more interested in like the stories you hear like where it's like you know the random story that no one's talking about but it's like oh my little boy was like i saw him on the ceiling you know like pulled up right like oh shit right but uh anyways I,
0: it, I knew you'd be into it and you need to go back and listen to the last part of that show last last week it's, it's pretty... talk,
1: tell, when we get off air you gotta tell me who this was okay gonna, yeah I'm that's gonna, fine I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out make sure they're okay yeah <laughs> do, do a wellness uh Would be more afraid of a ghost or a a UFO? I would say, oh boy!
0: Well, UFO for me, one hundred percent.
1: It depends. Like UFO, yeah. Are we just seeing it in the sky, or are we like looking in your backyard and you see it like landing? Because if that's the case, I'm one hundred percent UFO. I see in the sky. I'm not really concerned
0: yet. I guess there was no like outside of the. What was that? I have no explanation for what that laughter I just heard was that was right in my ear. Yeah. But after that, it's like, well, it wasn't it's not scary. Like they're not like they're not, it's not, it wasn't a haunting, it was just like a presence, so to speak, which is not that scary. Cause I like I, I lived in I we lived in our grand my old uh, my grandparents' old house. So I was I was like, oh, that's just one of my grandparents, and I didn't really think of it much, you know. Yeah. Also, at that house, the dogs would would just stare at certain things. Like we had a staircase that kind of went up, it was a split level home. The staircase, and our dog would just stare right up at that staircase at nothing. So, anyway, but uh, no, oh, UFO was, would be my well,
1: something. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, the dog saw it. It was your grandma saying hi or something. So,
0: I, yeah. But no, that's listen. the same.
1: Like with that, you're like you can almost even if you don't want to necessarily believe it. You're like, yeah, that was something, but I'm not sure what it was. So I'm not terrified now. If it's like you're walking and you get like slammed up against the wall or something, you're like, oh well, that's kind of terrifying.
0: Well, then I would be scared. If I was this person that felt like a a a spirit made a move on me, I would be a little more scared. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: What would you be? Concerned though with yourself if you got turned on by it.
0: (laughs) No, I'm not gonna go down. (laughs) Okay, we're done.
1: And I I, I liked it. It was weird. It's like no, that was actually you. You were by yourself. So I'm not going um, down that road. Anyways, all right, guys, this is a this is great conversation. By the way, before we leave next week, right? Next week is the draft.
0: Yeah. Next week, Thursday, seven o'clock central time. That'll be the draft. So everybody kind of, uh, kind of be prepared for that one. Going to be a lot of fun. We got an extra team this year. So yeah, going to be a very busy uh, week next week, uh, for the show. It's a good week to have it. Cause there's hardly anything going on. Like, I don't know what we would talk about if we didn't have the draft next week. So yep. Next week's the big one.
1: There you go, December 21st, Thursday, December 21st, 7 p.m. Central. So the blinkers off will be later in the day. Uh, And yeah, everyone, you can bet if you want to tune in for that. um, Basically, we're just going to give our top 55, I guess, this point this year, uh, two year olds, soon to be three year olds as we get towards the Kentucky Derby. So we're going to want to stay tuned for that. Yeah, our defending champs will be there. Shoddy, I'm sure they've got something planned um, as well. Hopefully, it's not something as stupid as what Magic Mike does, but hopefully, you can. uh, I mean the bar can be raised because it's so low right now all right guys until next time right. uh i'm jared welch he's Aaron halterman good luck this weekend
0: thank you for listening to another episode of blinkers off join our horse racing community at racingdudes.com and follow us on twitter at racing underscore dudes want to make money betting horses bet with the racing dudes